What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Today is the 26th, August 26th, getting ready for college football. Football is finally back. My God, it's about time. I've been doing football prep since like the end of May, so it's I've been ready for this for a while. So, college football this weekend. It's Football Friday. Every Friday from now on, we'll be talking some football and, of course, adding the NFL into it starting, uh, what, next week, couple weeks? So, uh, Football Friday on today's show, we're going to go through, for the first time, unveiling our uh, top 10 power rankings. I will also post this on our Twitter. Give us a follow on Twitter, at SBD underscore pod. Uh, I will post uh, the, the top 10 power ratings on there, just so you have something like reference. But uh, these are usable. You can use these to make lines and to have a reference point for where these teams are at the beginning of the season. So let's start off there. College football top 10. Uh, the way I do my rankings, I end up normalizing and coming up with a number for each team that represents how good, generally speaking, any given team is against what is perceived to be the average team in college football any given year. So this year, uh, I actually, we can go deep in the ratings here. Let me give you an average team according to my rankings, which would have around a rating of zero. Uh, this year... Let's see. Uh, Marshall. Marshall's a good example. They'd be right around a zero. So that's kind of like it, what all these teams would be against Marshall. Uh, and maybe Marshall's a little high there. But either way, that's the idea. Uh, the points against the average team in football. So Alabama, who's number one in my ratings, probably number one in most ratings if they're using a good approach. Uh, and by the way, I've talked about this before. Not every mathematical thing that you see out there is a good approach. Just because somebody has power rankings doesn't mean they're good power rankings. A lot of people boil stuff down to numbers. It looks fancy. They put some spreadsheets out, and it's dog shit because it's not actually accurate. They haven't put the time and effort in to make a real true model. See, a lot of people, and a lot of mathematicians especially, my God, they get so full of themselves. I think because they can, especially coding mathematicians, right? who are using computer programs in, 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 you know, like Python and C++ and things like this to write uh, programs, they think that they're the best at everything because they know how to do complex math and all this, you know, stuff and can, can code. It's like, try telling them that they're doing something wrong, right? And so a lot of people get so full of themselves, make some fancy numbers, come up with these power ratings and think they can win betting sports. It's not that easy. You have to try it and test it and backlog it and background it and see how this would have done the last 10 years and the last five years and last year. And it, it's so hard to actually feel confident in having a winning system. And it's that's probably for a different show because how do you ever really know what your true edge is? It's sort of a paradox. You don't ever really know. You, I can look back at my last you know, 1,200 picks and say, hey, I was operating with a 1.5% edge. But game to game, I think I know what my perceived edge is. I can quantify every bet I make, but do we ever really know? And the answer is probably not, even for the best mathematicians out there. So point here is, even if you find power ratings out there, it doesn't necessarily mean they're good because they got some fancy numbers by them. Find good sources, use those sources. I recommend using myself, Phil Steele. You may have to pay a few dollars, but it's worth it for uh, Phil Steele and Pro Football Focus. They do a good job with college ratings as well. I digress. Back to Alabama. Um, what I, That's how I got caught up in this. It's like, look, I trust my numbers and I trust that Alabama, 
I have a 27.03 rating. I think that's very accurate right now. And keep in mind also, these ratings are for this point in the season. I'm not projecting how good these teams are going to be at the end of the year. I'm not projecting how good they're going to be next week. This is if these teams played right now. And I'll teach you how to use them, okay? So Alabama is a 27.03. Georgia is a 24.74 at number two. Ohio State, 22.58 at number three. Michigan, 16.61 at number four. So before I go into number five and go deeper than that, let's just take a couple teams here. Let's take uh, Georgia and Michigan. So Georgia's a 24.74. Let's call it 24.7. Michigan, 16.61. Let's call it 16.6. So Georgia, 24.7. Michigan, 16.6. That means Georgia is perceived to be eight points better according to my rankings. And it's about 8.1 points, but let's just call it eight for the sake of simplicity uh, for the podcast. Okay, so if Georgia is eight points better than Michigan... That means if it's a neutral field, Georgia's minus eight. If it's in Georgia, and this is very rudimentary, so forgive me if if we're not being super precise here. This is just getting the idea across. If the game is played in Georgia and home field's worth about three points, Georgia's now minus 11. You see, because Georgia's eight points better, incorporate home field, now Georgia's minus 11. If the game is played in Michigan, Georgia is probably around minus five because Georgia's eight points better, Michigan, three points for home. You subtract three from eight. Easy there, right? Georgia, minus five at Michigan. So that's how you use my rankings. It's very complex what I do to get these numbers, but once they're all done, they're very easy to use, especially in the NFL. So I'll be posting my NFL numbers in a couple weeks as well, but that's how all of my football power ratings work. So number one, Bama, 27.03. And you don't have to write this down. As I said, go find uh, the Twitter account at SBD underscore pod, and you can just have it there. We'll post a graphic uh, after the show. Bama, number one, 27.03. Georgia, number two, 24.74. Ohio State, number three, 22.58. Number four, Michigan, uh, 16.61. Number five, Clemson, 16.20. 16.2 flat. Uh, Number six, Texas A&M, 15.44. Number seven, Oklahoma, 15.26. And Oklahoma... I was surprised to see them that high, but look, that's that's perception. That's narrative. This is why I use my computer and avoid all the all of my opinion. Look, the, the day I stopped betting with my opinions was the day I started doing a lot better in everything. Okay. I trust my numbers, trust the computer. That's how I do things these days. But if I right, it's like, well, new quarterback or uh yeah, new quarterback, new coach, whole new system. Should Oklahoma really be that high? The 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 computer says right now yes, so we say right now yes. So Oklahoma uh, seven at 15.26. Number eight, Utah. And the only Pac-12 t- uh, Pac team in my top 10, Utah at 15.17. Notre Dame is number nine, 14.93. And Pittsburgh rounds out the top 10 at 14.92. I'll post those to Twitter at SBD underscore pod. And uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to go past the top 10. Maybe I'll do top 25. I don't ever really want to post my full rankings you know, those are valuable numbers to me. If other people, and I've, I've said this before, other people, if they're using the same stuff I'm using, my edge is now obsolete. That's sort of the paradox of this whole thing. The, the more information I give away, the harder it is to win. So uh, that's the top 10. And uh, I'm excited for college football. Let's go. It starts uh, tomorrow. We've got some picks, by the way, to end the show for college football tomorrow. And they'll probably repeat themselves tomorrow 
on Saturday's quick picks, but uh, got to get these lines out while they're still available. All right, before we do that, I have some general thoughts. Three do's and three do nots for college football season uh, from a betting point of view. Before we get there, Thrive Fantasy makes betting so much more fun. Football's coming up. NFL's coming up. If you like betting daily fantasy sports, try Thrive Fantasy. What they do, they offer DFS-style contests where player props are your entire lineup. So you build a lineup of player props, and that's how you compete in these contests. It's uh, so much fun. You can win a lot of money. Check out Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code SBD for a deposit match up to $100. That's Thrive Fantasy online or download the app. Promo code SBD for that deposit match. All right, so three do's and three don'ts for betting football. And this is, when I was doing this, I I had college football in mind, but it's not just for college football. It could probably be applied to NFL as well. All right, let's start off with the don'ts, right? Let's get negative here. Let's get negative. No, not really. It's just... uh, we're starting with the don'ts. All right. Don't number one, don't bet on what you saw last year or don't exclusively bet on what you saw last year or don't exclusively bet on what you saw last. This is not a good way to approach handicapping. You will lose. Okay. This is lazy. This is what most people actually do. This is how a lot of the public bets. You have to do homework. You have to do your own research. Teams change drastically on a year-by-year basis. So if you're betting because a certain team was good or bad last year, that's not a very good approach, okay? So do not bet solely on what you saw last. And a good example of this is last year with Alabama-Georgia. When Alabama-Georgia played in the SEC championship game, every fucking square in the country was betting on Georgia. And they were like minus what, six or something like that? Minus six and a half, minus seven? Why? Because Georgia had an amazing year, great defense, and Alabama didn't look so good against Auburn. All right, and it's probably deeper than that, but that's the point. Alabama had some shaky wins. I think they may have even had a loss last year going into that game. Georgia looked dominant. Oh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Of course Georgia's going to win. Everyone's laying the lumber with Georgia. Alabama wins outright. By the way, I had Alabama. Listen to College Football Tailgate. I had him on this show. It was easy. We gave that pick out. And I don't want to say easy, but it was clear to me the pick on that on that game, the, 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 the right side to bet. And then what happens after the SEC championship? Alabama covers the spread, went outright, And now everyone wants to fucking bet on Alabama. The line flips. Alabama's now favored. It's like, what's going on here? What the hell is everyone doing? And what happened in the championship? Georgia Georgia won outright. So lesson learned, right? Don't bet on what we saw last. What did everyone do then? Bet on what they saw last. Oh, Georgia's dominant. Bet on Georgia. Of course. Lose. Oh, but what did we see last? Alabama beat Georgia. Bet on Alabama. Lose. Don't bet on what you saw last. You're going to lose a lot of money. Number two, don't. Do not bet only on good teams, and do not bet only against bad teams. My God, if I had a if I had a nickel for every square that's made a bet, where why are you betting on them? Oh, they're really good, and they're playing a team who sucks. I'd be a goddamn billionaire at this point. Do not only bet on good teams. Do not only bet against bad teams. Last year in the NFL, the Detroit Lions were one of the best teams against the spread. doesn't matter how good or bad teams are. The spread is the great equalizer. Do not bet only on good teams. Do not bet only against bad teams. And last, don't, for God's sakes, for please don't start immediately this year getting excited about getting excited about football and making a bunch of crazy parlays. Okay. Now there's a lot of debate out there about the exact numbers of households for parlays, but a website I trust, betfirm.com, estimates the house edge to be roughly 34% for a five-team parlay. And a lot of you are making legs of parlays more than five, 18 parlays, 10-team parlays. 
But think about that. For the average bet, for anyone out there, if it's a single, if it's just a normal average bet, just not a parlay, the typical household for the public is about 4.5%. 4.5%. It's not great, but it's not horrible. If you make a five-team parlay, the house edge now goes up to 34%. So, Look, we've talked about this before. I, it shouldn't need to be hammered in. It those aren't good bets, and I'm not saying parlays actually are bad bets because parlays, truthfully, can be powerful tools if you're a winning sports better. But if you're not, it's just a lottery of sports. It's just a bad negative EV bet, and it's enticing. I get it; it's super enticing. It's just not worth it. But you know, so is the lottery. But how's that going? You know, the lottery's negative EV. And sometimes, have you ever heard when the lottery or the Mega Millions reaches that like billion dollar point and it's being talked about on every show across America, on all the morning news, you see it on Twitter everywhere, right? At that point, it's kind of a funny phenomenon. Sometimes lotteries actually have positive EVs. And what will happen at that point is you'll see hedge funds all across the country and world and investors actually start buying lottery tickets at, at this crazy rate because it's positive EV to buy lottery tickets. Isn't that interesting? And so at some point, it actually flips where it's positive EV for us to buy them. And that rarely happens, but it does happen. So it's kind of the same thing here. You know, if you make a 10-team parlay, it's just the lottery. It's enticing because you're betting 10 to win a couple hundred bucks. And for a lot of people out there, that is so worth it. And hey, you're only losing $10. But it's not worth it because you're going to bleed yourself dry $10 at a time. And the logic of, yeah, but I'm going to hit one or two a season, that's going to make up for it. It still actually mathematically doesn't make sense. You may hit one or two. Hell, you may hit three or four. But you may hit three or four numbers on roulette in blackjack or on uh, in roulette in Las Vegas. Does that, does that make it a good bet because you hit? No, it doesn't. We want to get good habits across to our audience here. Okay, This is a very fast-growing show, and I like to get good habits across. I don't like to... To, to, to permeate bad information out there because winning is hard. Winning is difficult. It's it, Look, it's hard enough to beat the spread as is. You don't want to start making 18 parlays, giving the house that much of an edge. All right, so let's get to the do's, okay? And uh, the first one I want to say is do get used to betting singles. And here's why. We just talked about the math of parlays and why you don't want to bet parlays. Really, parlays are misunderstood in the world of sports betting parlays don't give you an advantage. People think that you get paid more for making parlays, which that's not the case. That couldn't be farther from the truth. What parlays do is simply roll your winnings from one bet into the next bet. So if you have a 10, uh, 10 team parlay for $10, let's just forget the minus 110 because that math's difficult. Uh, let's just do even money. Every bet's an even money bet. So every bet is $10 to win $10, okay? Well, here's what that looks like in a parlay. Leg one of the of the 10-team parlay, let's say you win. Well, that $10 won $10, now you have 20. Game two, they bet $20 on the game for you. If you win, now you've got 40. Game three, you bet 40 to win 80, so on and so forth. That's how parlays work. Well, something tells me that most people out there, if you had a 10-leg parlay and you won the first six legs of it, forget eight or nine, just the first six games, you'd probably be like, oh, that's awesome. Can I cash out and just put a few bucks on the next one? Right, but, mo- but most people don't think like that because they only see the final dollar amount for the 10-leg parlay. When in reality, you're not making any more. You're just rolling the winnings over from all those bets. So think about it. If you're a $10 better and you make a 10-leg parlay to win, what would that be? 10-leg parlay, even money starting with 10 bucks. Uh, that would be, you would win about 10 grand, okay? So $10, 
So, so you win 20 with the first one, 40, 80, 160, 320, 640, 1280, 2560, 5120, $10,240. I have a hunch if you're a $10 better and you've won six legs, you may want to cash out that $640 and make another $10 bet, right? It's like that's a huge, huge win, huge score, but you don't get that opportunity if you make a 10-leg parlay. I get a lot of emails and DMs asking me during the weekends, which it's like I'm their personal sports broker. Hey, what should I do? It's like, dude. But they'll ask me, hey, Tyler, I made a 14 parlay. The first three legs hit. How much do I hedge? Right? And this is a terrible approach. It's like if you didn't want the fourth leg of the goddamn parlay, why'd you make the fourth leg of the parlay? And so everyone's always wanting to do that. They get to the ninth leg of a parlay. It's like, oh no, oh no, I bet $10 to win 10,000. And I can, and, and right now, mathematically, I would have 5,120. And that's why, let's say mathematically, you would have 5,120. A lot of you listening right now just say, hey, so what? I use the cash out feature. MGM, DraftKings, they have a cash out feature. They don't, uh, the, the issue with that is they don't offer the correct amount. So if mathematically you should have $5,120 after the ninth leg of the parlay, they may offer you $3,000. And you may go, hey, who cares, Tyler? $3,000, that's a big score for me. Screw it. It's like, okay, but you're letting them take advantage. That's the essence of a winning sports better is you don't give that back. If you're giving away 20% of your earnings, you know, there's a reason they're offering that. They want you to take that. The sports books are never going to offer something they think they can make money on. If they think you have them in a good spot, they'll say, yeah, sure, you can cash out. We're just going to take 20% of what you would made and you can take it. Now, that would be infuriating to someone like me who makes a living doing this, where I could have $5,120 and they're offering $3,000. That would, that would just piss me off so much. But a lot of people out there aren't price sensitive, don't care about that. Who cares? I'm telling you, it's not worth it to do these things. Even if you do get to the ninth leg, which is rare, you may not even have the option to cash out. So that's why parlays aren't good. All they do is roll your winnings from one bet to the next. If you really want to make a parlay, just do it yourself. Just bet 10 bucks. And if you win, then double your bet. Bet 20 on the next one. And bet 40 on the next one. But most people won't do that. So, all right. Uh, the second do... Uh, do be price sensitive, okay? If 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 the spread is nine, like it is in Van, I think I talked about this earlier on this show. Vanderbilt, Hawaii. Vanderbilt's minus eight. If you think the spread should be minus two and a half or three, think about it. What what do you think is more likely? You're wrong, or everyone in the sports betting market is wrong? Okay, if you have that kind of attitude in sports betting, you're probably not going to win long term because that's the the attitude of of you're never wrong. You're, you, everyone else is wrong. You're not, right? What is it? What are you seeing that everyone else isn't? And I've said this time and time again. I fundamentally believe if you're going to be a winning sports better, one of the qualities you must have as a person is the ability to admit you're wrong, the ability to always be learning, be humble. A lot of people out there don't do that. A lot of people out there are cocky. A lot of people out there, I've been watching college football since I was six years old. It's like that doesn't fucking matter. What matters a lot in sports betting is being humble. Every time I hear someone who you know knows a little bit about sports betting or college football or whatever say something that goes against what I think, my first reaction is always, hmm, interesting. Why didn't I think that? Why don't I have that? What am I missing? I'm going to do some homework. A lot of people out there, they hear something they don't agree with. They're like, ah, that's wrong. They're an idiot. You can't have that if you're going to be a winning sports better, in my opinion. So with that, be price sensitive. Okay? 
according to my numbers right here, if I think Georgia should be minus five on the road at at, uh, Michigan and the line is minus five, it's not a bet. If Michigan is, if if it's a pick them, I'm betting on Georgia. If Georgia's minus seven, I'm betting on Michigan. Okay, we don't bet teams, we bet numbers, and we have to be price sensitive. Don't go betting whoever, whenever. Know the price you want. Make the make the bet at that price. And then finally, uh, do use a collection of resources to help you handicap. I mentioned it earlier. Pro Football Focus, Phil Steele. These are good public paid, but public resources to help you handicap. If you don't have a good way of uh, coming up with a good mathematical approach yourself, Use a blend of Phil Steele and Pro Football Focus. That's going to get you farther than 70% of people betting on sports on, on college football in the NFL right now. Okay. So those are my do's and don'ts. That's what I think. I'm very excited about college football. And let's give away a couple picks before we end things today. All right. Uh, pick number, there we go. Pick number one. And we gave out all of these a couple weeks ago, both on this show and college football tailgate. Highly recommend listening to college football tailgate. If you don't already, uh, pick number one, we're going to go FAU Florida Atlantic home against uh, Charlotte. They are minus seven. So FAU minus seven, minus one ten against Charlotte. I think both teams here, will have an improved offense. FAU will be able to, to move the football. And I actually think Charlotte will too. Florida's defense here is, is what I kind of think the differenti- the differentiating factor will be. I lean over as well. I just think over the course of the game, FAU is going to wear down Charlotte. Charlotte lost a lot of production last year for a defense that already gave up over 450 yards a game. So we'll take FAU minus seven at home against Charlotte. That is the buy price. I don't like it at seven and a half. Game number two, we're going to take Northwestern plus 13, and in some places it's 13 and a half, against Nebraska. I think actually Nebraska will be an improved team this year. Scott Frost brought in a lot of talent in the transfer portal in the offseason, but there's too many new faces to hit the ground running, especially for a team and coach who have been used to and known for playing such close games. Yes, Scott Frost doesn't have a record for, for winning close games last year or last couple years. But it's the fact they keep finding themselves in those games that I don't like Nebraska very much. On the other hand, Northwestern, they've had good season after good season, and then last year had a shit season, okay? What do you think the idea is here? Pat Fitzgerald is a good coach who always has a program that overachieves, and last year was an anomaly, or you think they're suddenly falling off? I think it's the former. I think Pat Fitzgerald is a very good coach. Northwestern is a wildly underrated team, especially defensively. They're going to give Nebraska problems. They're going to give Nebraska fits. I think Northwestern could threaten to win this game, but 13 points certainly is a play. We'll take Northwestern plus 13. And finally, this line has moved a bit, so I'm going to caution. I like this bet at plus 28. I don't like it at any lower, and it's bouncing around right now. As I as of this morning, you could get this plus twenty eight at a couple different sports books, Bet US and Bet Fred, and it was plus twenty seven at DraftKings and BetMGM. So it's all over the place. I like it at plus twenty eight, and this is a, a reminder to bet early. I gave this out at plus twenty eight weeks ago. UConn on the road at Utah State, and Utah. Uh, look, it's tough to bet on Utah or on uh, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to bet on UConn and it's tough to bet against Utah State. But UConn is a totally different team than what we've been used to seeing. They just hired Jim Mora. Uh, Jim Mora, he didn't always get the benefit of the doubt from the media, but he's such an upgrade from what they've had in the past at UConn. I think it was Randy Edsall for the last couple of years. Uh, this is a big upgrade. 
UConn, what they do in the in the sports betting market, especially for early in the season, they just use a lot of historical data. Way too much, in my opinion. Now, historical data is useful, but there's not enough handicapping that I think goes into this year's teams. And UConn is going to be a lot better than they were last couple of years. And that's not being factored in here. I think Utah, Utah State wins, and they may even get off to a huge lead, but there's a lot of ways I see us winning this game. Utah State, let's say they're up 35, they're going to put their starters in. They're going to take their foot off the gas. UConn also going to run the football. They don't want to get blown out first game of the season. And also, bad teams like UConn don't know how bad they are yet. With all this positivity, with all this new coaching staff and reasons to be excited with UConn, there, there's optimism for the first time in a long time around that program. So I think plus 28 is a very good number. UConn, final bet of the day at plus 28. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, I don't know if we're going to have soccer picks for today. If we do, stay tuned later today. We'll come up with a soccer-only show. Otherwise, stay tuned tomorrow morning for Saturday's Quick Picks. Good luck, whatever you have going on today, tonight. Let's have a good weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Betting Daily. Sports Betting Daily.